Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is anybody victorious? Does anybody, anybody got a praise in their heart? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Has God been good to you? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. When I think of how good God is and how good God's been, I get excited and I want to give him more praise. Amen. I look forward to worshiping the Lord as many times as we can. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Psalms, chapter 139, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Psalms 139, verse 23. Amen. Psalms 139 and verse number 23. The Word of God declares, David writing, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. He said, Search me, O God, know and see. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 27. The Bible declares, Paul writing, speaking of what we're going to be doing tonight, which is communion. He writes that in the day, in the night in which he was betrayed, is how he starts this concept out. And I love how he starts that. But then he continues on, for all those that would take of communion or partake of communion. And he says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So that's a really, really, really serious deal. I don't want to be held guilty for the body and blood of Jesus. So what is Paul's remedy? He said, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Is Paul saying, no, don't, don't take communion? No, he's saying, before you do, examine yourself. And I want to preach and talk to us just for a few moments before we take communion on this subject. Divine inspection. Divine inspection. Would you set down your Bibles as we pray? All across this building, hallelujah, Lord, I pray today that this would be in our hearts, God. We are asking that you would come into this building. We already feel your presence, but Lord, we're asking that you would come in this building to do a little inspecting, God. Come on, would you lift up your voice and pray with me? Oh, Jesus, we're asking that you would move throughout this house, touching every heart and every mind, God, speaking right to where we're living, God. I mean, I'm only a man. I can only speak so many words, but God, you can speak through the Spirit things that 
I couldn't utter in a million years, God, and I'm asking that you would do that tonight for us in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Divine inspection. In Psalms chapter 139, David starts off his song writing and giving God praise. Verses 1 through 4 and 7 through 16, David has praised the omniscience of God. That is his all-knowing nature. He praised his omnipresence. That is the presence of God being everywhere and yet not spread thin. He praises God for his omnipotence. This is his all-powerful nature. God is incredible, and David wants everybody to know just how incredible his God is. His God does not lack information. His God does not lack presence. His God does not lack power. I want to remind you here tonight that we serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty, mighty, mighty God, a God that knows everything and a God that is everywhere, and a God that has all power in his hands. I think we ought to give that God a hand clap of praise. He prefaces, and he writes all this down, and then he goes into a petition where he is asking God with the understanding this God already knows everything. This God that was there when I did it, when I thought it. This God that had all power at that moment and still has all power now. He is doing it and asking with the understanding that this same God would search him and know his heart. It seems a little odd that David, who just got done praising the one that knows everything, would ask God to search him. It seems a little odd that this David that just showed forth all the good things that God can do, he is now asking this same God to now know him. This God already knows you, David. This God doesn't need to search you out. He already knows because he was there at the very moment that you thought it or it happened. But David is asking that God would search him. And it's not just so God can find out information that he did not have. Because it is clear it is clear that David does not doubt that God already knows him. He knows everything about him. He knows everything that he's done, everywhere he was, everyone he was with. He also knows everything that I've thought, everything that I've felt. But David is not asking so God can acquire information that God doesn't have. He already knows God knows everything. But David is placing himself before God as someone who wants to be actively known and seen. While David may make many errors, he wants to have the right disposition in his heart, a disposition of repentance. His concern is with his internal character. See, David understood, 
Others can see my outward actions. Others can see my outward character. Others can see the mask that I put on for everybody else. But I'm not satisfied with the inspection that comes from other people. Because David understood other people can be fooled. Other people can be tricked. But he wants the all-knowing, all-seeing God amen, to take the moment to inspect him. He wants God, the one that he can hide nothing from, to take out his magnifying glass, amen, to get his forensics out and start inspecting and searching him. He asked God to search him and to know his heart. By doing this, he is inviting God on this joint journey of self-examination. You see, we can't examine ourselves by ourselves. When Paul is writing for one to examine themselves, he is not asking that we should do it by ourselves. Amen. It takes a, that, that, that second party called God to do a true self-examination because you can't even bring somebody else into the examination room. When you bring somebody else, they're going to miss something. And you can't put yourself in there and say, I'll get everything because inevitably you and I will miss something. We need the great physician to walk into the operating room, to walk into the examination room and come with us and point out things that we might have missed and point out things that maybe we want to shy away from or point out things that we have seemed to pull down as if they're not very important. We need God to search our heart. The Hebrew word for heart here is levev. And it includes what we might call the mind and the emotions. It is used to refer to thoughts and intentions. Isn't it powerful that David is asking for God to do what the Word of God does? He is asking God to do what this book does. Amen. I want to help you here today. You want God to inspect you. I want to tell you there's a manual that you can use for God to inspect you. We don't line up to what society says. We line up to what the Word of God says. We don't line up to what family and friends might tell us, the opinions of others. We don't line up to what college professors might tell us or what society might want from us. We line ourselves up to the Word of God. It is the Word of God, the Bible declares of itself, that is quick, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces, it divides, amen, it helps us to understand the difference between thoughts and intentions of the heart. When we get in the Word of God, God comes alongside us and He uses that Word as a mirror to inspect us, to find out if there be any wrong way in me, if there be any wicked way in me. God, show it to me. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray all across this building for just a moment. Oh, come on, let's pray. Hallelujah. Before I leave this year, I want God to come alongside me uh, with his word and inspect me. Come on, somebody pray in this house. Amen. This word heart is also referring to the feelings of resolve or lack thereof. Feelings of courage or lack thereof. Fears or lack thereof. Discouragement or lack thereof. He's saying, Lord, you even know the emotions that are going on, the feelings of discouragement I might feel that maybe I don't realize. You are able to see the fears that I have not yet addressed or confronted. And then David asked God to try him and to know his thoughts 
to see if there be any wicked way in him. Now, the word where we get the word wicked way is also translated to hurtful or sorrowful way. So many have read this and they say, well, that doesn't apply to me because right now I don't have any wicked ways. Amen. I want to help you here today. There's a lot uh, more wicked ways than we've given credit to. Anything that causes harm, anything that causes sorrow, it is not of God. And there are ways in which man takes of his own devices. Any way that man takes without the help of God or the direction of God is inevitably going to become a hurtful way, a sorrowful way, and a wicked way. David has recognized that I might take a path that I think is okay. I take a direction that I don't see anything wrong with. It's not necessarily sinful. But, Lord, only you, which has known the end uh, from the beginning, uh, only you, which has got everything mapped out, uh, can see my steps uh, and see the direction I'm headed. Uh, and you can see the heartache that might come from these actions. And only you can see the heartache that might come uh, from these thoughts uh, and from these emotions. And God, I'm asking you to inspect me, inspect my heart, inspect my mind, inspect my emotions, and Lord, inspect my direction as well. I want God to inspect every part of me. David shifted from his thoughts to his actions. He wants God and wanted God to identify the hurtful way that might, uh, uh, that might be in his path, uh, that he might be taking some steps in his life uh, that are going to lead to further harm or to further sorrow. And he wants God to help him. And I love how David starts it off. Know my mind and my heart. Start right here in my thoughts and my emotions. And then he moves to actions. Because your actions stem from your thoughts and from your emotions. There's so many people, well, I just fell into sin. No, you didn't. If we were to trace it back and investigate, we can go all the way back to the thoughts and the emotions before the action ever took place. And David is going all the way back to the root and saying, God, don't just take, uh, don't just deal with the fruit of my sins or deal with the fruit of my, uh, of my condition. But, Lord, go back to the very root of it. What emotion was there that caused me to stumble? What thought process was there that caused me to stumble? God, I want you to inspect me. Man, we've got people here today that, uh, that know how to work on, on cars. And in fact, Elder Worley was a master mechanic, and, and, and no doubt he had many people bring him their vehicles and say uh, there's a bunch of lights that are blinking. Now figure it out. If you're anybody like me, uh, I, I, just, I just think Christmas came early. I just see the Christmas lights up, uh, and I don't know exactly what it is. So I've got to, I, 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 I would be foolish if I were to just say uh, nothing's wrong. I would be foolish to think I could fix it by myself not knowing the first thing to do. So I've made it up in my mind. Anytime I see a light I don't understand, I take it to the master mechanic. And I have the master mechanic put all of the necessary things there and plug it in so he can figure out what code and what error is going on so he can help me diagnose the problem. So many of us, we can hear the car rattling and we can see the light blinking, but we don't know what it means. And it's no different in our spirit and in our, in, in our lives. We might see some things that we don't like the output of. We don't like the rattling 
unfriendly in our lives. We don't like the discomfort in our lives. We don't like the pain and the suffering in our lives. Amen. And we can try to figure it out and reason it out all by ourselves. But we will never find what's really going on until we take it to the master that really knows the root cause and say, Master, would you inspect this? Oh, somebody ought to lift up your hands and let's pray all across this house. Would you pray that God inspect me tonight? God, inspect me tonight. Inspect me tonight, God, if there's any thoughts, not just evil and wicked things, but God, if there's anything that's leading me down a path of sorrow, if there's anything that's leading me to a path of hurt, God, I pray, Lord, that you'd identify it, God. I need you to identify it. So when you identify it, we can deal with it. Somebody pray all across this house. Oh, God, hallelujah. This idea of a hurtful or sorrowful way, or as the King James puts it, a wicked way, can often refer to many things. Sometimes it really can refer to a sinful habit. Let me talk about this for a moment. Often we are blind to the habitual sins in our lives. We focus instead on the sins that we can identify as mistakes because they are out of character for us. When we make a mistake, when we fall, when we sin, and it is outside of what we normally do, we feel convicted over it. We feel sorrowful over it. The conviction of the Holy Ghost works, or at least it should work, in those areas. They're blinding. We know. If you're just this, it's, it's, it's like we read in the newspapers all the time. Oh, he was just a good guy. And then they went out and did some horrific crime. It was out of character. We recognize those kinds of sins. But we've often become blind to the things that are habitual, that we have, we have no problem reasoning away because they have become creature comforts, pet sins, things that we don't realize or recognize anymore. Maybe the first time we did it, we felt wrong. Maybe the second time. But eventually, it has now become part of who we are and what we do. And now, we just reason it away as if it's no big deal. You know, humans are really good at rationalizing. We will rationalize something because, uh, we'll rationalize something we did wrong because of everything else in our lives that has gone wrong. You know, when somebody sacrifices or somebody suffers, they often, uh, especially when it's unreasonable, and I've always put it this way, unreasonable sacrifice or unreasonable suffering often leads people to unnecessary indulgences. When people feel like they've, uh, I'll put it in terms we can all understand since we're coming up on this new year, uh, people that go on diets, they go to the far extreme where they eat nothing good until they find themselves on a weekday and they go out to McDonald's and Dairy Queen and Chick-fil-A in a row and they just indulge and indulge and indulge because they've gone so far to the extreme and what they do is they say, well, I've been so good here, so I can be so bad over here. And I've seen people where they've done the same thing. I've been so, uh, so spiritual that when they go home to their families, they're not very nice to their families. Uh, and so they've done sacrifice over here, and they overindulge over here, and they see nothing wrong with it. That's a harmful way. That's a sinful way. That's a wicked way. And ultimately, that's a sorrowful way. And we need to let God inspect us and say, God, I know I've gotten used to it. I've gotten comfortable with it. But God, inspect those areas too. No, I think somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. It's easy 
It's easy, church, for us to see the things that are out of character. But what about seeing the things that are in character that shouldn't be in character? The things that are who we are or who we've become that should not be who we are and who we become. I've heard people use the excuse, and it should never be named one time amongst the church. Well, that's just how I am. That's just how I am as an excuse to do something mean, wrong, hurtful. Uh, if that's, that might be what you've done, but don't ever claim it as identity. Because that might have been what you have done, but don't let it become your identity. Don't let it be what you continually do because those become wicked and hurtful ways that will stack up over time and we'll get through the rest of our lives and realize how damaging those moments really were. I've come to talk to somebody tonight. David is taking this moment and he's inviting God into his innermost thoughts and asking God to alter his perspective to see those things truly as God sees them. He is asking that God would help him to walk in ways that would prosper his soul. Church, we must ask God to inspect us as we examine ourselves. It is important and it is necessary, not just on communion. I, I don't think it should just happen uh, when we take communion or when we, uh, when we come to the end of the year, although I think this is a perfect time and I do it every year intentionally. I think throughout the year, we ought to take moments where we bring God alongside us. God's already there, but we welcome the voice of God in our lives to say, Lord, if there's ever a moment, if there's ever anything that might, it may not even be wrong or sinful, but God, if it's not leading me to the perfect will of God, talk to me. Don't let me go one more moment. Yes, sure, you might be able to drive your car 6,000 miles without an oil change, but that's not optimal. You might be able to get to 10,000 miles, but it's not optimal. You need, to, you need to say, God, don't let me go that far where all of a sudden one day it breaks down uh, and I didn't recognize I could have stopped it way back here. God, help me to go to the altar. This is why, amen, I'll just put a plug in there for 2023. In 2023, go to church. Hallelujah. In 2023, go to the altar. In 2023, go to prayer meeting. In 2023, go to the prayer room. In 2023, read your Bible. In 2023, uh, get a hold of worship uh, and just become a worshiper. In 2023, what are you doing? You're saying, God, inspect me. Uh, inspect me. Uh, inspect me. As an application, each one of us could ask God to reveal to us the sins that we're committing the paths we're taking, that we've normalized in our lives to the point that we no longer know how to identify them. We can't separate what we've done uh, throughout this last year or two years from what God truly would want us to do because we've lost the ability to identify them. It's like the person that raised the lion. And then I've heard some stories of people that have raised baboons and lions and you know, they just outlawed that, I think, raising big cats in the country. I don't know. But there's some folks that they take these wild animals and they take them into their home and they raise them and they feed them and they take care of them. And they, 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 they just get so used to this thing, forgetting that it is a predator. And they forget that this thing could kill me and maul me. And they cross a line and don't realize this is not your pet cat. This is a lion. And I've heard of people getting mauled by that. 
And that's how it comes when we have things in our lives that we feed and we let fester and they grow. Eventually, we get so comfortable with them that they attack us and they turn on us and, and we, don't, we don't know what to do with it. So we need God to help us identify that this is not good for me. This is not optimum for me. This is not the ideal that God has for me. So, Lord, would you redeem my perspective so I can see those things that are self-destructive? God, would you help me to see what is the correct path in which I should take? And, Lord, help me to identify the path that I should not take either. God, lead me to avoid walking in the way that is harmful. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 27, he talks about those that would drink of the cup and eat the bread unworthily, that they would be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. He then tells them that you should examine yourself to see whether or not it's time for you to take of the Lord's communion. He said, you've got to really examine yourself. Why does he talk about this? Why is it such a big deal? Because when he opens up this text, uh, he says that I received from the Lord also that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread and he took wine and he performed the first communion. I want you to notice that. I don't want us to miss that. That in the very night, not the night in which he made a declaration, I'm about to be crucified. Not the night in which he told, the church, told everybody, I'm going to raise again on the third day. No, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took and broke the bread and he took and gave the wine. And in the midst of that, there was a man by the name of Judas. And everyone, he said, one of you will betray me this night. And they all asked, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? They all wanted to know, is it I? Even Judas asked the question, knowing full well he was the one that betrayed. And I wonder, I wonder, if Judas asked that question ironically, or if Judas asked that question and he really didn't know if he'd be the one to do the betraying. We do know that when Judas was found out that they were going to crucify Jesus, he came back with the 30 pieces of silver and he threw it back at the high priest's feet he said, I don't want the money anymore. I, I have to believe that Judas didn't think they were going to kill him. He thought maybe they'd put him in prison. Maybe he'd make a quick buck. He'd bail Jesus out, and they'd go on their merry way. He'd get away with it. I don't know what it was, but Judas got too close to this, to this, uh, to this betraying of Jesus that now it just became easy for him to do. And in this very night in which he was betrayed, Jesus, when they all asked, is it I? He took the bread and he gave it to each one of them. And he said, it is one of you that is taking this communion with me. It is one of you. So I, I've come here tonight. Really, we're going to do communion. It's a, it's a joyous thing. It's a great thing. But I've really come to really help somebody. If Jesus took the first communion... And there was a Judas amongst them. No doubt, even tonight, there are people that have no intention of living for God in this house tonight. No intention of serving God. No intention of living right. No intention. Now, I'm not saying you can't change and you can't turn. I'm not here to condemn anybody. But no doubt, there's some people that have become so comfortable with the high priest and with the offers of hell. They don't even realize it's betraying Jesus in this very moment. And God sent me before you take communion to really strike it home. 
we need to ask God to examine us. We need to ask God to come down and to help us. We need to ask God to inspect our hearts, to inspect our minds, to inspect our motives. Amen. We need to let God come. Amen. Before we take communion, before we take part, because there's beautiful things that happen when we take communion right. The Bible says that we do show the days, the Lord's death, amen, until he comes. The Bible declares that we remember him until he comes. These are beautiful things. Amen. But I want to help somebody here today that you've not made it up in your mind whether or not you're going to live for God. Uh, I've come to help you here before the end of the year. You need to say, Lord, uh, I need you to help uh, identify in me uh, what is leading me away from you. Uh, God, I need you to identify in me and inspect in me the ways that are leading me into sorrow, the ways that are leading me into harm, uh, the ways that are leading me wickedly. Uh, God, I need you to inspect me uh, and help me to examine, uh, am I seeing this right? Uh, Am I doing this right? Am I thinking this way right? God, I need you to examine me. I don't want to go in the next year, amen, with this stuff still holding on to me. I need you to examine. And if it's any wicked way that's in me, remove it from me. If there be any wicked way in me, God, cleanse me. God, wash me. Would you stand across the building and lift up your hands? God, I may not be able to see it right, but you can. God, I may not be able to see it right, but you can. God, there might be some areas of my life where I betrayed, I betrayed you, uh, and I don't even recognize it was betrayal, and I, I don't even recognize. Uh, oh, but God, I believe tonight uh, before people take communion that they can make it right. Uh, I believe tonight that people can get true repentance from God. I believe tonight they can make it right. Uh, I believe tonight they can change their destiny and change their eternity. Somebody pray. Oh, come on, somebody lift up your voice. Let's all pray. Let's all lift up our voice. Let's all call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody pray. There's an inspection going on. Hallelujah. But you gotta, you got to allow God to share the results of the inspection. you got to let God share the results with you. You need to let God and open up your heart and open up your mind and open up your ears and say, God, speak to me those areas. Speak to me those things that maybe they are not edifying. And speak to me those things that are, are maybe not leading me in the right direction. God, speak to me about those things so that I can change them through your spirit. I think one of the saddest things about Judas is that he sat amongst all of his friends that had gone to church together for a long time. And when he left, they had such a good view of Judas that they said, surely he's going to do something for the poor. He had everybody fooled. And there's some that that's what they want. As we've taught on this last year, verily, verily, I say unto you, you have your reward. But when it comes to something this serious, this holy that we're going to do tonight, the Bible admonishes you, get it right. Get it right before you take communion. We're going to start tonight's altar call by inviting everybody down to the front. I want everybody to come.
I'm going to have you leave a little space right here in the very, very front. Just save space for about two folks. I would like everybody to come. We're going to make sure everybody ends this year right. If you want to. If you want to. And starts this next year right. If you want to. Change happens in a moment. Changing habits can take time. Forgiveness happens in a moment. God can absolutely deliver, set you free right now. But it's allowing God to speak into your life, being led of the Spirit, where we allow God to speak those things. God, what direction should I take? God, I, I think these thoughts are these... Are these okay? I said this, and I didn't feel convicted over it, but I, am I right in this? I did this. I went here. I was with this person. Is this? And it's no longer doing it by ourselves. It is now us bringing God alongside us as he's always intended, intended and wanted to be. Where God will speak to us, and he loves us more than we love ourselves. And he gives us and leads us into the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Tonight, we're going to start this altar call simply. I do want to give some instruction. If you have kids that are young, I, I would not suggest giving communion to them. Uh, unless you know as a parent that they understand communion. That this is Jesus saying, this is my body that was broken for you. This is my blood that was shed for you furthermore don't be embarrassed but if you don't feel like you're ready to make things right with God don't take communion tonight nobody's going to judge you nobody's even notice you but what we're going to do first is we're going to pray we're going to pray a prayer of inspection and repentance everybody across this building bow your heads you lift up your hands if you'd like. And this is going to be our prayer as David said. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked, hurtful, sinful, sorrowful way in me, God. Lord, I'm praying today. Come on, would you lift up your voice and pray? In your own words. God, I pray that you would know me. God, inspect me tonight. Lord, I pray if there's any area in my life that maybe I become accustomed to anything that has become part of my habitual nature that Lord it's not pleasing in your sight God if there be any wicked way in me or if there be anything that maybe it's not sinful it's it's amoral but God you know it's not leading me to the ideal it's not leading me into the destiny you have for me it's like Paul said every weight God help me to lay it aside tonight I pray, Lord, I want to leave this year right. I want to enter in the next year right. Lord, I pray, lead me in the way that's everlasting, God. I pray, Apostolic Revival Center, God, I pray for every saint of God. I pray for every visitor that's making their decision, amen, whether or not they're going to live for God. Every saint that's making their mind up whether they're going to live for God or not. I pray that they would answer with an affirmative yes. And, God, that you'd come alongside them through the power of the Holy Ghost. 
God, convict of sin. God, help me to see what's wrong. Help me to see what's wrong that I need to get rid of. But, Lord, also convict me of righteousness. Help me to see the right thing that I can do and I should do and the where I should go, God. And, Lord, I pray, convict us of judgment as well so I know to differentiate between the two. Come on, somebody pray in this house. Oh, God, purge me. Cleanse me. Lord, you shed your blood on Calvary for a reason. It was not, amen, just to die. But, Lord, it was die so that I could live. That blood was shed to cover all of my sins. Oh, Lord, although my sins be as scarlet, you said they'd be white as snow if we would reason together. Oh, God, let us reason together. Inspect my mind. Oh, come on, somebody pray about your mind right now. The carnal mind is an enmity against God. Lord, talk to my mind. If there's a thought process that's, that's not leading me the right way, God, I pray that you would convert my mind, transform my mind, put in me the mind of Christ. Oh, God, inspect my mind tonight. Inspect my thoughts. Inspect my thoughts. Is my thought life right? Is my intentions right? Oh, God, pray that you would touch my heart. Somebody pray about your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it but the Lord tries the reins you know my heart oh God open up my heart see if there's any area in my heart that's not right somebody pray about your emotions if there's emotions that have caused me to fall off the bandwagon this year don't let them help me to fall off next year God fix those emotions if there's any bitterness if there's any hatred if there's any anger if there's any lust. God, remove those things from my heart uh, through the blood uh, of Jesus. Uh, oh, somebody pray about your way that you're taking. Uh, if there's any steps I've been taking, uh, any direction I've been going, uh, anything I've been doing, uh, anything I've been involved with, uh, anything that I have to be involved in, that I, had, I need to be involved in, that I've not been involved in. Uh, oh, God, speak to me about it right now. Uh, if there's any sorrowful way, uh, if there's any harmful way, uh, if there's any wicked way, come on, somebody pray. I repent of it. I repent of it. I'm sorry. Come on, somebody repent right now. Somebody repent right now in the name of Jesus. Ooh. Come on, somebody pray. God, forgive me. God, cleanse my mind. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my thoughts. Cleanse my actions. Anything I've thought, said, or done. Oh, God, wash me tonight. Come on, that's it. Inspect me, God. Come on, somebody pray for just a moment. Inspect me, oh God. Inspect me, know me, oh God. And Lord, while you're inspecting me and knowing me, would you reveal to me? Would you give me revelation tonight? Revelation about myself. Revelation about what I can be. Revelation about where I could be. Revelation about where you want to take me, God. So I stop stepping into these lesser things. So I can strive for greater things, God, in this next year. Praise God. Come on, I feel, the, I feel the load lifting. I feel the burdens lifting. Hallelujah. I feel some folks, some folks are being delivered right now. I feel like there's healing in this building for somebody. 
when we make things right with God, there's healing. There's spiritual healing. There's emotional healing. But I want to tell you, there's also physical healing in the name of Jesus. Let me help somebody understand something tonight, and then we're going to take communion. Brother Christian, if you could come bring those in Elder Worley and Elder Johnson, if you could come stand in the front and face the congregation. He's got a... Brother Chris, if you take that top from your grandpa. What we've done tonight was we've examined ourselves. And I get it, examination takes a little longer than maybe one altar call. But the intention is, God, I want you to inspect me. And I, I, I'm interested by what Paul wrote. He said, he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. In other words, those that don't do what we just did right now, which is examine ourselves and repent. They eat and they drink damnation of themselves, not discerning the Lord's body. And he says this, which is so interesting. For this cause are many sick and weakly, weak and sickly among you, and many sleep or have died. You mean to tell me that not examining ourselves leads to physical infirmity and death. Yes. Believe it if you want. It's in the Bible. But Paul is saying, examine yourself. And if the negative is true, to do this unworthily, it leads to sickness. I'm not saying all sickness. Don't misunderstand me. But it leads to sickness, and it leads to being weak, and it leads to, to, to death itself. The positive is true as well. That if we examine ourselves and we take this communion and we remember and show the Lord's death until He comes and we've made it up in our minds, Lord, I want to be a good representation of Your body here on earth. I believe healing comes as well. Would you lift up your hands? Would you pray that with me? God, I pray right now tonight would be more than just a ritual. Tonight is more than just a ritual, God. I believe healing is coming. I believe strength is coming. I believe those that are on the brink and on the edge, they're going to see a miracle happen in their life tonight. Oh, God, we worship you. We praise you, Jesus. We magnify you. Somebody give him praise. Amen. Elders, if you, if you could come and... Get, uh, get one of these communion cups from Elder Johnson or Elder Worley. Just make your way. Grab one of these. Again, if you're not ready for this, you don't need to. If, if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, do not take communion tonight. You can do it after you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost and been baptized in Jesus' name. There are two parts to this communion cup there's the first part that is the wafer that is that is the unleavened bread you can open that from the top you could take that out make sure everybody that wants one's got one everybody got it? You, you can set those right there you can set those right on the altar once you get yours 
Yes, sir. Thank you. If you need help, just call out to your brother. They'll help you. If you need another one, there's sometimes they just... All right. Praise God. If you could take the, the bread... Paul wrote, I have I received of the Lord that which also I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which was broken for you. Do you do this in remembrance of me? Now you'll open up your cup as well. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, and as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he come. Amen. Let's lift up our hands and let's magnify the Lord. Let's give thanks right now. Let's thank him for his sacrifice on Calvary. That body was broken so that yours didn't have to be. He bare our sins upon that tree, upon that cross. He took all of our shame and all of our guilt upon him so that you and I don't have to bear it any longer. Come on, I want you to pray. Thank you for that. Thank you for the body that was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. Come on, somebody, thank you for healing. Healing of my mind. Healing of the heart. Healing of my thoughts. Healing of my emotions. Healing of my body. Somebody thank him. That body was broken so my body could be healed. Somebody thank him in this house. Come on, I thank you. Thank you for the blood that washes all of my sins away. It was not the blood of bulls and goats, but with the precious blood of Christ. Amen. A lamb without shame, without, without sin, without blemish was slain for me. Somebody magnify him and thank him. I can walk in newness of life because you laid down your life. I can walk free of shame and guilt because you bear it upon yourself. You blotted out my sins. You blotted out my iniquities. Somebody give him praise. Oh, somebody give him praise. Come on, thank him. Thank him. That's why we're here tonight. That's why we're saved tonight. That's why we're making heaven our home tonight. Because of that sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Let's just take a few moments and worship Him. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you for the blood that was shed. That blood that was shed that made a new and living way for me.
Come on, somebody lift up your voice and magnify him tonight. Somebody magnify him in this house. In the name of Jesus. somebody can get healed right now I believe somebody can get healed in their body right now in the name of Jesus Feel the Holy Ghost. How about you? I feel Jesus moving in this building. I feel it. Come on, there's miracles in this building. We do show the Lord's death until He comes. Hallelujah. 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 With every wafer, we stand, amen, individuals yet united in one bread. That is the body of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It is because of the broken body and the shed blood of Christ that we are alive today, that we are on our way to heaven today. It is because of that sacrifice that you and I have the the opportunity to change. At one point, we were dead in our sins and our trespasses, unable to access. But now, because of the sacrifice of Christ, we have free access to God Almighty. In fact, I want to tell you how free this access is. The Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace and we can find help in time of need. When we recognize that it was because of the sacrifice, we remember and we do show the Lord's death. No matter what comes your way, you can always go to Jesus. Well, Pastor, what's going to what, what, what if I make a mistake after tonight? The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is because, what are we doing tonight? We are remembering and we are showing the Lord's death. It is because of that sacrifice that in the year 2023, you make a mistake on January 1st, you can come boldly to the throne of grace and you can get it taken care of. And it is because of the body and blood of the Lord that in the end of 2023, if you made a whole year of mistakes, you can come running to the altar, 
you can make an altar in your car. You can make an altar at your house. And you can begin to call on Jesus and say, Lord, would you inspect me tonight as well? And he will forgive and he will inspect, he will instruct, and he will direct. I think we ought to give him some praise for that. Somebody give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah.